Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 16. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Mark chapter 16. The resurrection story is one of those stories that's told by all the Gospels. By Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So when you get some time this weekend or this afternoon, uh, spend some time reading how the other accounts read of that resurrection um, of that morning when Jesus rose from the dead. Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 1, says this. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. If you remember, Jesus was crucified on a Friday. And because it was nearing the Sabbath, the religious leaders asked that those that were being crucified would be taken off the cross before the Sabbath came. And so you remember that the soldiers, wanting to honor the Jewish Sabbath, wanting to honor the Sabbath, they they brought out clubs. And with their clubs, they, they broke the legs, the bones that were in the legs of the criminals that were hanging on the cross to expedite the process of the crucifixion. Um, most of you already know that that process was an excruciating, painful process, one that ended in the suffocation of one's life. By breaking the legs, you were not able to lift yourself up to take that breath needed to live, and so with broken legs, you would just hang there and eventually just suffocate. Not being able to take that breath. You'll remember that when the soldiers came to break the legs of Jesus, Jesus was already dead. Broken heart, your sins, my sins laid upon him. He was already dead and fulfilled the prophecy in scripture that says not a bone would be broken. But they took their bodies off off the crosses and they took Jesus's Um, body they wrapped it in linen they took it to the tomb and the sabbath was upon them and they didn't have time to embalm the body they didn't have time to prepare the body for 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 burial and so they just placed the body in the tomb they rolled the stone and they went to observe the sabbath as it was their custom it says here in verse 2 that very early in the morning on the first day of the week they came to the tomb when the sun had risen And now I have read this story many, many times. And in my study this week, in reading this, I I just learned something new. It just just popped out, just leaped off the page. Verse 3 says this. And they said among themselves, "Who who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? So here are these ladies who are walking to the tomb with their spices, with their fragrances. They're going to the tomb to embalm his body, to prepare it. And they're asking themselves as they're going to the tomb, who is going to roll away the stone for us? Now you think about that journey of faith from their home to the tomb. How many of us sit back 
How many of us wait until we have all the answers, until everything is planned out, until we know exactly where the money is going to come from? We wait until we know exactly who's going to be involved. We, 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 we analyze things. We look at things inside and out. And, and we don't dare move forward until we have all our questions answered. And yet, we see these ladies for their love, because of their love for Jesus Christ. We see these ladies on a journey. On a journey to the tomb. Not knowing how the Lord's going to provide. Not knowing what really to expect once they get there. If you remember, that tomb was surrounded by soldiers. Soldiers who had been dispatched to keep watch on the tomb. To make sure, just in case what Jesus said came to fruition, we could be there to stop it. And so you think about what these ladies were going through as they were walking to the tomb. What were we going, what, what could they expect? The soldiers? Could they be arrested? Could they be killed? What was going through their minds? And yet, they were going with faith. And the simple lesson for us is that we too are on a journey. We too are on a journey to seek and to find Jesus Christ. And there are times in our lives that God, in that journey, will, uh, will put in place us in a situation where we have to have faith in him. We might not have all our questions answered. We may not know how he's going to provide. We may not know how that huge stone will be rolled away. But that should not stop us from moving forward. We should step forward in faith, step by step. We need to move forward knowing that if we're on the path that God has called us to, he will provide a way. He will provide the means. That stone will be moved aside. And sure enough, when they got there, the stone had been rolled away. We read in verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, That he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Now, I have often wondered in the past, what was this young man? What was this angel doing at the tomb? Was he so astonished by what had happened that he just, he, he was just there in awe of what just had happened? I believe that he was placed there. That was his post. They had said to him, we need you to stay at the tomb. Why? Because there are some people that are going to be coming by and they're going to need some direction. They're, they're going to need to know what just happened. And so there he was just waiting, waiting for, for these people, waiting for these ladies to come so that he can tell and share the good news. And I just simply want to apply it to our lives as well. That in our life, in our journey, Though we may not have all the answers, there are people, there are angels. 
that Jesus places in our path. On different places in our journey that will help us along the way. There will be people placed in our lives that will give us a word of counsel, that will lift us up, that will give us words of encouragement. There are people that God will place in your path to help you along the way. We have not been left to fend for ourselves. No, God is with us. And on this journey, we're not alone. And we need to to recognize those people that God places in our lives to help us in whatever situation or whatever circumstance we may be in. To hear those words of comfort, to hear those words of encouragement, to hear those words of wisdom, to, to, to take from them the gifts that they're giving us to help us through that journey. We're not left alone. We're not left to wander. Wander. Jesus Christ will provide. Jesus Christ will make sure that the path is cleared. Jesus Christ will make sure that on your journey, you will encounter those people, those individuals. It may be a family member. It may be a friend. It may be a pastor. It it may be your own son, your own daughter. God will provide those individuals in your life to help you through your journey. Let me just say a word to our teenagers, our young people. That's what our parents are there for. One of the commandments says, honor your father and your mother that your days on this earth may be lengthened. They're there to help us on our journey. Make no mistake about it though, the Lord will provide. The Lord will clear the way. The Lord will help us every step of the way through that journey. But it's interesting that we read the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. We read it right here. Notice I say we read the fact. Because I believe that it is a fact that Jesus rose from the dead. But yet that fact is under attack. That fact is under attack today. And I'd just like to read to you um, what Elizabeth Gilbert writes in her book. Number one New York bestseller. Her book entitled Eat, Pray, and Love. She writes of her personal journey. She tells how she lives her life and she's living her life trying to find the balance between pleasure, meditation. And she says in her own account, she says, culturally, though not theologically, I'm a Christian. She goes on to say, I was born a Protestant of the white Anglo-Saxon persuasion. And while I do love that great teacher of peace, who was called Jesus. Did you catch how she said that? (laughs) And while I do love that great teacher of peace, who was called Jesus. And while I do reserve the right to ask myself in certain trying situations what indeed he would do, I can't swallow that one fixed rule of Christianity, insisting that Christ is the only path to God. She says, even though I love this teacher of peace, Even though I find myself asking sometimes, what would Jesus do? 
She says, I can't swallow that one fixed rule of Christians that Jesus is the only way, the only path to God. She says here, strictly speaking then, I cannot call myself a Christian. Most of the Christians I know accept my feelings on this with grace and open-mindedness. And Gilbert expresses a common struggle. And that struggle is the inability to accept that Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he goes on to say in the same text, and no one can come to the Father except through me. And it's something that is somewhat overtaking our culture. It's overtaking our planet. This idea that that Jesus is just this nice guy. That Jesus is just this, this good teacher of peace. But that there are many ways to God. There are many ways to, to God and to understand God. There's many ways for a person to be saved. But you see, there's a problem with that. Jesus never left any room for that kind of interpretation. He, he never left that kind of room open for us to decide. C.S. Lewis writes about Jesus in his book entitled Mere Christianity. And this is what C.S. Lewis writes. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg. Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must take your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. You can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with the patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that option open to us. He did not intend to. And so here we are at a crossroads. Here we are faced with a decision. Do we accept Jesus Christ into our lives As the Lord and Savior of our lives. As the one who through him salvation is made possible. Or do we buy into this worldview that says oh he was just a moral teacher. He was just a good God. Let me ask you a question. Ask yourself this question. Why was the incarnation of Jesus Christ necessary? Why was it necessary for Jesus To come, transform himself into a man, live a life, die on the cross for our sins, and then rise again. Why was the incarnation necessary? You see, because if there had been other ways to reconcile God and man, guess what? Jesus would not have had to come live and die on a cross. If we could be set right with God... Through Buddha, rituals, the Old Testament sacrificial system, then Jesus would not have had to come. 
it, it, if there were other ways of salvation, wouldn't it have been unnecessary for him to be crucified? Ask yourself this question. Wouldn't it have been easier for him? The fact is, is that your sins and my sins required a sacrifice. Required the shedding of blood. And out of his love for us, he said, I will take that upon myself. I will die on their behalf. And through me, they can have life. They can have life more abundantly. I I will take their death. I will take their death and they can have my life. And that is the truth of the matter. And that is why today, that is why this weekend, we celebrate the amazing gift of Jesus Christ who on a Friday died on a cross for our sins and on a Sunday because his sacrifice was acceptable Before God, he was able to rise from the dead. And so we here today have an amazing opportunity. We have an amazing opportunity to take hold of that gift that cost him so much. And I know that sometimes when you come into church and you're not aware that it's communion or whatnot, it it, kind of scares you a little bit. You kind of look next, 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 you may turn to your spouse and say, well, I guess we're headed home early. As soon as they dismiss us for foot washing, that, that'll be our, 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 you know, our, our exit strategy. But today, you have an opportunity to take hold of the gift that Jesus provided for us. Because the Bible says that as often as you do this, As often as you take of this bread and drink of this wine, as often as you do this, you proclaim my death. As often as you do this, you tell the world, you tell everyone around you that yes, indeed, the creator of the universe came and died for my sins. Yes, indeed, the God of the creator who died for my sins rose from the dead, providing for us an amazing promise that he will come again. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. You know, when the ladies went back to the disciples, the disciples didn't believe. The disciples were hesitant. The disciples, a couple of them, ran to the tomb they saw the empty grave. They were confused. They were perplexed. They went back to, the, to, to, to their homes. They hid. And check this out. It wasn't until they believed. It wasn't until they, they understood. It wasn't until they internalized the truth of Jesus Christ. It wasn't until then that they lived for him. It wasn't until they believed and they saw. It wasn't until then that they went out and they lived for Christ. They lived for Christ even unto 
death. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus died? Do you believe that he is risen? Do you believe? Be careful when you answer that question because I'm setting you up. Do you believe? Because if you believe, your life would be a testimony day in and day out, step by step, as you live in faith in him. If you really believed, you would not be ashamed to share his story. If you really believed, you would put him first in everything, in every area of your life. If you really believed, you would not be afraid of being ridiculed. You would not be afraid of being dismissed as a lunatic. You would not be afraid of losing your life. You would not worry about tomorrow. You would not ask yourself the question, how will God believe? How will God provide? If you believe, if you believe, when the disciples finally got to the point where they said, I believe, I believe that he rose from the dead. (laughs) What did they do? My goodness, they changed the world. We as Christians, specifically as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, I mean, our name even says it. We believe in the second coming, right? Do we really believe? Do we really believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? Because if we really believed, how would our lives be different? How much more would we share? How much more would we put him first? Today, we have an opportunity to step out in faith and say, I believe. And by partaking of this bread and this wine, I am saying, I believe. Because I proclaim the death of Christ. I proclaim that my Lord is risen. Our Father in heaven, God, we have been challenged this morning We have been challenged to to really ask ourselves, do we really believe? And and intellectually, it's so easy to say, yeah, I believe. But Lord, how often it is that through our actions, we don't tell the world around us that we believe. And the devil has so taken advantage of that to the point where people are now saying, well, he's just a good moral teacher. God, you are so much more than that. You're the creator of the universe who loved your creation so much that you chose to die. We thank you that you have risen, that you have now given us the opportunity to believe and to act on that belief by saying today, we proclaim your death, we proclaim your resurrection. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio. 